Welcome to Reflect the Life You Want, where we talk about not only how to survive, but to thrive. I'm your host, Tim Howard, man school strategist, former Army officer, successful Homes for Heroes real estate agent. This show will focus on living a life of greatness, of wholeness and completeness. This show will be talking about our dreams, our goals, and how to go about creating them. So join me to learn how to reflect and design the life you want to live. This is Tim Howard. I'm the host of Reflect the Life You Want, and I'm very excited today to have as a special guest, Keisha Starr of K-Star Coaching, and welcome to the show, Keisha. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, well, it was great to reconnect with you recently. We hadn't seen each other in a couple years, and I'm really excited to hear about all the things that you have going on and things that you're doing to help your clients. Thank you. It has been great to reconnect. It's amazing how the world is waking back up again. And all of a sudden, we're starting to see people that we hadn't seen in a while. It's a really great thing. Yes. So um, what I normally like to do with my uh, guests is just allow them to introduce uh, themselves to our listening audience. So like, where'd you come from? A little bit about your family, a little about your business and what you're doing now. And then we'll get into some interesting conversations. <laughs> well, and just asking those simple questions seem very loaded, don't they? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> so I'll try to give you the short version of yeah. everything. Um, so I'm originally from Southern Indiana. I'm a farm girl, grew up yeah. in the country. I'm John Deere tractors and riding horses were my favorites. Um, so growing up there, I just learned a lot about working hard, mm-hmm. a lot about what it meant to have an honest day's work, you know, and, and kind of leaving it out all in the field whenever right. you came in at the end of the day. Um, then I traveled around quite a bit. I traveled with a, a team called the New Life Drama Company. So yeah. it was a traveling drama ministry based out of Tennessee. Uh, did that for about six or seven years, traveled uh, 48 of the United States, seven countries in Europe, just really had a really great experience like young people like to do. And uh, finally, after going through upstate New York, I settled, settled in North Carolina. Um, my husband and I have five kids between us. We're a yeah. blended family. And uh, we just love helping the community around us and anything we can do to support each other. Yeah, you were talking a little bit about your family. How did you describe that? It was like... Oh, <laughs> yes, we have yours, mine, ours, and somebody else's. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's, it's, it's beautiful that you have that family. And it, it sounded like Danica, the youngest, may be uh, running the household at this point. Uh, yeah, at times. She likes to think so anyway. Yeah. We try to keep that under wraps if we yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, and your husband's a firefighter, so he's serving in the local community, right? He is. Yes, sir. He's a firefighter. Um, and so we love that. We love being able to support the community that yeah. way. And we kind of like that we have our own personal super hero at home. That's right. Well, as you know, I'm a Homes for Heroes realtor, and my primary f- profession and firefighters are one of the people that we like to give back to and say thank you for their service. Absolutely. So thank let you. Alan know we appreciate him. I will. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit before the show about you know what we were going to focus on in this mm-hmm. conversation, we're, and we were talking on the phone recently, and you know, one of the key things we were talking about is where does faith intersect with business, mm-hmm. but then you've got a... Um, kind of a seminar you're going to be giving here in the near future. I think it'll probably occur before this episode of the podcast gets released, but we are talking about um, employees and employers and where does that line of ownership and responsibility, um, you know, what does that look like in the workspace? And I know you're working with your coaching business to help in that. So 
I thought we'd just go with that for starters, and you can tell us a little bit, too, about K-Star Coaching and what do you focus on, but just talk a little bit about what you're, is energizing you right now. I think you have a book project going on, too. You can maybe give us some background about that as well. Well, you make me sound really busy. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. We talk all the time about how we want to be authentic. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk all the time about how, and it's a big buzzword right now. We want to be authentic. We want to be real, especially now that we've had to spend so much time at home. You know, this is me, and and we're very proud about being able to go out of the house in our pajamas now because we're not so (laughs) concerned. And uh, and really, that's what K-Star Coaching, that's what even the book project is about. It's about getting back to what is really important Mm -hmm. and where our core is. And so that's where faith comes in, too, because it's part of our core. Right. You know, I wouldn't ever tell a business owner that isn't faith-based, you have to run your business according to faith. But at the the same time, if I am a faith-based person, why wouldn't I run my business according to my faith? Why wouldn't I allow that to inform me on how I treat my employees, Mm -hmm. on how I work with my vendors, on how I even work with the community around me? Mm -hmm. And so that's really a passion that we have with K-Star Coaching right now is helping our not just our clients, but everyone around us understand that it's time to figure out what our core is yeah. and allow that to inform how we see the world and how we interact with the world. Absolutely. Well, in the um, the coaching business I do with the Man School and my co-author, Maria Spears, uh, of the Mirror Book Project, Reflect the Life You Want is the theme of that book, which is the name of this podcast. We talk about uh, it in terms of our contribution Mm-hmm. That we're the kind of impact we're making in the world, but we also think about it in terms of what is your unique calling and purpose yes. that you have? What are the gifts and the talents that you've been given that are intended to be of service to the world? So I like how you, you bring that together uh, in what you're doing in your coaching business. That's powerful. Thank you. It's really great that you mentioned that too, because, you know, we we ask ourselves that, mm-hmm. but I found more often than not, um, it, as part of K-Star Coaching, I'm a behavioral specialist. Right. So I don't do the the fun trust exercises that people <laughs> will talk about when it comes to team culture. Yeah. We actually get down to how people are wired right. and and how their brain actually works yes. and how that can be a benefit to the team because we need all those different dynamics of right. different personalities. Anyway, so whenever you're talking about just how we want to show up in the world, right. just understanding that that is so vital to the world around us. Because if we, if we miss that, if we don't show up mm-hmm. authentically, if we don't show up as ourselves, then the world is missing that element. Right. And, and, and then they are not as well off as they could mm-hmm. be if we had showed up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I put it simply like this, stop hiding who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just be who you are because yeah. you have an inner superpower. Yes. Let's figure out what it is and let's make it known to the world. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that inner superpower. Uh, my co-author uh, and friend, Maria Spears, she talks about how our God-given superpowers are our thoughts. Yes. And you were talking about neurologically wired, you know, and, oh, and yeah. we focus a lot in what we do around the fact that we, through neuroplasticity, mm-hmm. we can rewire our thinking. We don't have, our thoughts are optional. We don't have to keep thinking the way we're thinking and showing up the way we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we learn more about ourselves or we learn more about someone else that may be a work colleague or the impact we're having on them by the way we're showing up, we have choices in that and we can, we can choose to behave differently and make a different kind of impact with them. I love that you guys are talking about that because yeah. do you know how many people in the world when I say, 
yes, you can choose to think your thoughts. Yeah. And they look at me like a deer in the <laughs> headlights and they go, what? <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. You can choose what you allow in your brain. Right. So yeah. choose good things. <laughs> absolutely. So it's like, uh, how many people actually take the time to think about what they're thinking about? Mm-hmm. And that's a really a skill. Um, the concept of taking thoughts, your cap, taking your thoughts captive come from second Corinthians 10, five, you know? Yes. And so that's a skill. We teach it in the man's school and the woman's school about the ability to capture our thoughts, rewire our thinking. So I'm kind of a student of uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf, who's kind of a neuroscientist and teaches neuroplasticity and very much believe that, yes, our thoughts are optional. Yes. We get to choose. It's the one God-given gift that we have that nobody else has any control over. Yes. We're impacted by other people. We're influenced by the environment we're in, but ultimately we get to choose what we think. Absolutely. See, I knew there was a reason why I enjoyed talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. And as we do that, as we choose to think our thoughts, then all of a sudden we begin to see the world differently. And that is so important because really when we're interacting with each other, Mm -hmm. we're interacting through our own lens, through the things we've allowed ourselves to believe, through the things that we've, thoughts that we've allowed ourselves to think. And that lens really informs how we see everybody and how we interact and and how we respond. And so if we can just clean that lens a little bit, make it a little more clear and make it um, more real of the reality of the world around Mm -hmm. us instead of just what we've told ourselves, it can really change things. Yeah. Well, what you just described is the essence of the mirror. Mm -hmm. So the the mirror book, the the original working subtitle was The Mirror Through Which I See Myself in You. That's awesome. And it's this idea that I'm looking... Through these lens, you describe my perception of every interaction I have with every person is I'm, I'm really looking at myself. Mm-hmm. And the skill and the ability to distinguish between what is it about me, yes. which most of it's usually more about me than the other versus the other or just the situation. And what choices do I make about how am I responding mm-hmm. based on that interaction? That's powerful skill. First, to have the self-awareness. Mm-hmm and distinguish between what's mine versus what's the others, and then secondly, to make different choices about what I'm doing in that interaction. So it's so cool that this is part of who you are and the language you use in your coaching is because it just really resonates with me. Absolutely. Well, and what have you found has been the largest um, kind of first step? Because there's so many ripple effects from something like this. But what are the first things that people say when they read the mirror, when they interact with the content that you have with the man and woman? Well, it's not out in the public yet, but it's it's being reviewed by uh, several people so that we can get it ready to be published. But I think... um, when we introduce the idea that, you know, your thoughts are your own, a lot of people have a tough time receiving that, you know, and we're going to talk a little bit around ownership with employees and, and things like that. But a lot of people walk around a life like saying, I know you by your actions, right? So they're making their judgments. Yeah. And in that very act of making a judgment, it, they're projecting themselves yes. onto others. So the key um, skill then what we try to teach and inform people is, look, get curious. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm having this reaction based on something you've just said, and I'm responding with a internally, you know, get curious and yeah. ask a better question, Yeah, you know, rather than getting defensive or projecting your thoughts about and your judgments around what that other person said, get curious and try to understand what that person really means. Because mm. the way you're interpreting it may be 180 degrees out from the way they meant 
Absolutely. to convey the idea to you. Absolutely. Sorry, as you're talking, all I'm thinking is about my conversations that I have with my teenagers. Yeah. And if I could just get curious instead of getting frustrated whenever yeah. they respond not quite nicely to their mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually right behind that is what if we did this at home with our spouse? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's amazing how much it changes and transforms conversations. Yeah, the um, I think this... For me, this uh, way of thinking in the mirror was an adaptation to a uh, communication model called the interpersonal gap. It was first developed by a behavioral scientist, John Wallen, years ago. And when I saw it and I started to understand it, and you know, part of this idea around how much communication is, you know, it's like 55% of it's nonverbal mm-hmm. and 38% of it is tonality, and only 7% of the communication is our words. Yes. So it's like once we start to understand that, and understand that our intention that we're conveying to someone else versus the impact that it actually has on the other person may be completely different. Oh, absolutely. And the key skills of with, uh, you know, using, you know, being able to reflect back to the other person what you think they said and make a hunch about what their intention was, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or get curious about what the emotional response seems to be based on what you're seeing in their facial expressions. Those are real skills. Absolutely. And the more effective we are that with our, our husbands, our wives, our children, our coworkers, if we can close that gap, mm. life gets better. It doesn't mean it necessarily gets easier. No. Because we actually get uh, the opportunity to have more challenging conversations because we're comfortable taking more risk with one another. We have mm. the courage to step into that space of saying... Hey, you know, the other day when you said this or that text I got from you or the tone of that email, I just yeah. wanted to check in, you know. You know, it's interesting because you say that, that it doesn't get easier and you're right. It doesn't get easier. We mm-hmm. do. We step into um, we step into a common pool of meaning, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's a book called Crucial Conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. And so we, we use that quite a bit as well. And, and whenever we talk about that, we talk about our common pool of meaning. Mm-hmm. It, that, those first couple dives into that pool are torturous. It's almost <laughs> like you're trying to find this pond that's been overgrown for years, yeah. you know, out on the back 40. I, I'm a farm girl. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and you finally have to clear a path to it. Yeah. But once you wear, wear that path a little bit more and a little bit more, it's easier to access mm-hmm. that common pool of meaning with that person. Yeah. So whenever we get there with our spouse, it's not easier necessarily, but it is easier to find the path. Yeah, It's easier to take those steps to get there. Mm-hmm. And so it actually makes things in life easier because you're not spending two weeks fighting about something. You're spending five minutes, you know, yeah. okay, it was a simple thing. It wasn't as big a deal as we thought mm-hmm. it was. And then we take that and we roll that over into our employees, into our work life. Mm-hmm. And we figure out that, oh man, if I would just have these conversations with my employees ahead of time, mm-hmm. if I would just say, hey, when you did this, Mm-hmm. It didn't go well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How can we fix this? Yeah. And and then we, again, with them, we start to find that overgrown pond of me- common pool of meaning. Yeah. And and we keep going there and we keep going there. And all of a sudden there's this trust that's building. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I think in pictures, sorry about that long tangent. but <laughs> No, I think that's beautiful. That it, and I, I relate that way too. And I think a lot of people... You know, we start, our thoughts really start with our imagination. It's, yes. So what's, what is the meaning about the word we just had? What do we associate that with? 
you know, what am I making that mean about myself? It may not have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. But through that lens we were talking about earlier, the perception I have, I may be making meaning to something that I don't need to be. Oh, my goodness. I need to let go of. Yes, it's so true. Isn't it amazing how one word can have so many different meanings and you don't even realize that everybody else in the room has a completely different perspective? Yeah, we were actually, uh, my co-author and I, uh, Maria Spears of The Mirror Book, and we were uh, having a conversation around how to um, request something of one another because the the meaning of the words for one another, the way we were asking of one another had different impact than our intention was. Yes. And even in the thing that she requested of me to start doing something in a different way, for me, had a very negative connotation for the way she was asking me to make a request yeah. of her. Yeah. It was like, wow, that's like 180 degrees out from the way I would have thought about it, because if I would ask it in that way, I would think that would not go well. <laughs> So, but it's been interesting by being open with one or have kind of one of those crucial conversations, Mm -hmm. how that's changed the dynamic in that, because when we're making a request of someone else, we want to give them the space to have free will. Yes. Because they need to have freedom to make a choice. Yes. In what we're requesting them and, you know, what that boundary is for that person needs to be honored. Hmm. Okay, but with trust, you may be able to extend that boundary or open up to have different kinds of conversations than you might have had previously if you hadn't taken the risk to have that conversation. You know, I heard a quote recently that has just stuck with me, Mm -hmm. and it is that unrealistic expectations are one of the greatest contributors to disagreements and, yes. and frustrations. Yes. And so if we can just, like you said, just pause, take a moment, mm-hmm. ask questions, get curious, mm-hmm. instead of having and, and even leading with those expectations. And when we get to that point, you know, when you realize that you were headed towards the common pool of meaning and all of a sudden you got stuck in the blackberry thorn bushes, <laughs> um, <laughs> like, what, how'd what, we get how'd here? We get here? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Um, when we find out that we're there... Then instead of fighting our way out, yeah. pause, mm-hmm. take a breath. Mm-hmm. How did we get here? Yeah. What word was it? What expectation did I have right. that you weren't on the same page with? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how can we get back to that path? Because mm-hmm. otherwise we just end up in the blackberry bushes yeah. fighting our way out and it doesn't work well. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's so fascinating. I love how you're talking about with you and Maria and just having this discussion. It actually sounds very similar to mm-hmm. discussions that my husband and I have had mm-hmm. on this journey as well. Mm-hmm. And that's in a whole other book and a whole other story. But um, <laughs> there have been times even in um, because I use personality uh, kind of profiles mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to learn and to create awareness. Yeah. And so it, there are times when we will pull up our personality profiles side by side <laughs> and go, okay, this is how I'm seeing it. And this is how you're yeah. seeing it. Where are we not connecting? Right. And so being able to see that and create that awareness for each mm-hmm. other has really helped us to not get stuck in the blackberry bushes as often. Yeah. We use, um, you know, I, I'm familiar with Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders and DISC and things like that. One thing that uh, both Maria and I have been learning more about is temperaments mm-hmm. and how that comes into play, especially yes. when coaching people, you know, what are their tendencies and how do they think about and look at the world through that lens is a little different because mm-hmm. it's more of a spiritual basis of how they're looking at the world yes, uh, and bringing that component into 
the dialogue is just enriches the conversation. And also I think, um, there's a much greater level of empathy. Yes. I think when we're looking at it from that temperament standpoint. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great point. I love that you mentioned empathy. Mm -hmm. It's something that is kind of a natural byproduct Mm -hmm. that I've seen as well. And so can you imagine if our world had more empathy for each other? Yeah, Yeah. On, on the daily when we're out, you know, when we stop at a restaurant or we're just out running our errands, yeah. having more empathy for the people around us, mm-hmm. it would transform how the world mm-hmm. interacts with each other. Mm-hmm. What a concept. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've learned this um, from my co-author. She speaks in terms of every interaction is gift. Mm-hmm. So that comes from her belief system, um, how she operates in the world, but it's like, each conversation, whether you and I are having this conversation on this podcast or we're interacting with someone out on the street or we're checking in with a, a clerk at the grocery store, mm-hmm. each opportunity we have, we have the opportunity to make contribution to that person's life yes. and leave an impact with them Absolutely. that has a ripple effect on the world. Yes. And if we do that in a positive way, if we show love to that other person, could have a really positive interaction and impact for them. Whereas if we were some other way, you know, could have an kind of a negative impact. So it's, it's so important to stay focused and open to thinking about what is that contribution I'm making right now here in the moment. Yes. And this, this interaction we're having on this podcast will have an impact on everybody who listens to it down the road. Hopefully I'll have a good impact. Yes. (laughs) That is the hope. That is the hope. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you said that, though, because then my first question as a coach is, okay, what is required? Mm -hmm. We have this utopian idea of how the world could be, you know. Um, I don't really like the song Kumbaya, but, uh, (laughs) you know, that's what's needed. Um, But the idea is that we have this utopian uh, concept, picture in our heads. So what is required? Mm. What's the next step? Mm. Because we can have great ideas all day long, Mm -hmm. but if we never take action, if we never take whatever it is that's required, Mm -hmm. then how are we going to get there? Yeah. Well, you just, by saying that what is required, you made me think about a conversation we were having ahead of this around how does our faith show up Mm. in the business? And I was thinking about these ideas of like guardrails, Mm -hmm. these boundaries that we set and how, um, and, um, how important that is. It's like if we have kind of these shared common expectations, and that's easier to do maybe in the family setting, Mm -hmm. uh, and it may be possible in a work setting because of expectations employer has with an employee, but other people we just encounter may or may not share the values that we have. Mm -hmm. And what is acceptable to you may be not acceptable to them and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And they may look at you like you're nuts if you try to be <laughs> friendly toward them. Yes. Yeah. So. Sorry. When you said that, I thought, yeah, I, I came from the Northeast, and usually you need to have two forms of ID to ring the doorbell in the Northeast. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally, we are more cautious people up there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's absolutely true that um, there there is that those guardrails, mm-hmm. that things like faith, mm-hmm can naturally help us see or set even mm-hmm. if we choose to, mm-hmm. but it's still our choice. Right. And, it, and it's not a wall. 
There's right. a very big difference between a guardrail and a wall. Yeah. A guardrail you can still see over, but mm-hmm. the purpose of the guardrail is just to help you stay on the road because anything outside of those boundaries is very unsafe. Right. And so the guardrail is there sip- simply to help you stay safe. It's yeah. to say, hey, this is where the danger zone is. Let's mm-hmm. not go over here. Mm-hmm. Um, a wall is different. A wall is keeping something out. Right. And not allowing everything in. And there's there's a very big difference yeah. between the two. Yeah. Um, but when you have that guardrail of belief, of core values, mm-hmm. if you were to step outside of that guardrail, what mm-hmm. happens? Mm-hmm. If you say yeah. that this is who your core is, and then you step outside of that, mm-hmm. and and that is what I see in business a lot, and in mm-hmm. family, in everything that we interact with in the world. Mm-hmm. We haven't allowed those guardrails to really guide us and help us stay safe. Yeah. So it's an interesting concept. Yes, it is. <laughs> I was thinking of an analogy uh, a friend uh, shared recently around also like a, a river in the banks of the river and staying in flow with the other person, mm-hmm. you know, and staying in that together. So interesting. Uh, we could probably go into that quite a bit. So I wanted to get back to, um, I know you've got upcoming uh, a workshop you're going to be doing for employees and employers. And we, I think it's really centered around this idea of ownership. Mm-hmm. But tell us more about those thoughts as it relates, because a lot of small businesses are struggling right now yes. to get employees mm-hmm. uh, and retain them. Yes. So tell us about you know your thoughts around that and what you're going to be sharing with local business leaders. Oh, my goodness. Well, you talked about what are my passions, yeah. what are the things that are driving us right now. Yeah. Um, this workshop okay. <laughs> and just this concept, not even just the date um, of the workshop, but the concept it, itself of how, how can we get people back to work mm-hmm. and not for the, the sake of everybody needing to work, yeah. but how can we get people back to the point of activity, mm. of taking ownership of their world, mm-hmm. of taking ownership of their livelihood, mm-hmm. of really saying, okay, what is my purpose in the world and how can I fulfill that? And for some people, that is, their purpose is to stay home. I think of stay-at-home moms. They do so much. We know this. Yeah. Um, it, so they are constantly helping the people around them. They're taking care of their children. They're helping in so many different capacities with schools and things like that. So that is their purpose. Mm-hmm. So it's not about everybody has to have a job. Right. It is that everybody needs to be walking out their purpose. Right. Let's find what that is. Yeah. Um, when you talk about this idea of getting people back to work, though, it is a touchy and a, a you know, a lot of people will bring a political, you know, conversation into it, or or they'll say, well, it's because of this or because of that. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different reasons. And, and just to let you know, I'm absolutely not here to argue mm, <laughs> with no. any of those <laughs> because they are absolutely valid. Yeah. Um, what we do know, though, is if we don't take ownership of it, if mm-hmm. we don't do something about it, mm-hmm. then regardless of what those reasons are, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. Right. Nothing's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And so the, the idea that we're working on is let's talk about what it looks like to take ownership as employers, but mm-hmm. also as employees. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times as an employee, we go into work, we don't like the environment, we don't like the coworker, we don't like the system. And so it's very easy to blame somebody. Right. There's always somebody to pass the buck to. Mm-hmm. And then same thing with employers, though. 
And it looks a little bit different, yeah. but think about it. Business owners that, you know, well, the vendors didn't show up. And so I wasn't able to do the thing or right. I don't have enough employees. So I'm not able to do the thing mm-hmm. or the corporate ownership of my location. They said this. And so I'm not able to do this. And there's always another reason. Right. And at the end of the day, there's definitely some factors that are challenging Right. But we can still do something about yeah. it. There are things that we can do. Mm-hmm. And let's look at it from that lens. Let's change the lens a little bit. Right. Let's change the perspective yeah. and say, okay, what can I do? Yes. And how can I impact change? Because I have a purpose here and I want to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. That's great. So, well, I like how you're tying that back to uh, purpose and calling both for the employer and the employee. And some of the language used in coaching is... Um, this idea that I get to, mm-hmm. as opposed to I have to. Yes. And that's, it's, a, it's one word, but mm-hmm. it's an entirely different thought process around, I get to go to work today, yes. and I have the opportunity to re, you know, receive income because of this opportunity this employer's provided to me, as opposed to I have to, and mm-hmm. I'm dreading it. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a subtle shift, but huge impact on how we look at our opportunity to serve other people in the workplace or serve clients or serve customers. Uh, So I'll I'll be very, you know, we talk about being transparent, very real. One of the first questions that I ask Mm and, and I'll be precursor. Well, I guess it's okay. This is coming out after the workshop. So it's fine. I'm not giving anything away, but uh, (laughs) but whenever I start off the workshop, one of the first questions I ask is, and, and this is a very real question for anyone that has a business. Think about, if you went to your employees, whether you have two or 2,000 or mm-hmm. 2 million, mm-hmm. um, if you went to them tomorrow and said, I'm sorry, but we have got to make some changes in the business. And so for the next X amount of days, you will be on strictly volunteer status without a paycheck. Mm. How many of your employees would show up? Yeah. And that is a very real question. And I can guarantee you that nine out of nine possibly 10 out of 10 people would look at me and laugh and say, oh, you're kidding, right? No, I'm serious. Because we have fully staffed volunteer organizations, Mm -hmm. but we can't get people to show up for a paycheck. What is the difference? Yeah. What's the problem? That's a powerful question. So that's what we're going to answer at the workshop. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> but, it, and, and it is, it, that's why I joke and say, you know, we're not doing trust exercises, which those do come in handy sometimes, yeah. but that's another story. Um, the idea is that we're going to get down to the nitty gritty mm-hmm. and we're going to take ownership mm. and we're going to look at it as business owners, as managers, as leaders in our communities. How can we have a positive impact fulfilling our purpose and get people back to work? That's excellent. Well, that's a great segue into two questions I always like to ask my guests. Okay. So the first question I always like to ask. (laughs) Am I ready? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I know you are. So when you think about, you know, reflect the life you want, the the word reflect is an acrostic, and you've seen the themes of the book. But it's like, what are you, Keisha, working on for yourself right now in your own life to reflect more of the life that you want to have? So that is a great question. And mm. whenever you first, you know, you alluded to this is what you're going to ask. And my first thought was, oh, business and business and business. Yeah. That's not the answer. Mm. The answer is what am I doing internally? So yeah. as far as my faith goes and, mm-hmm. and who 
I am as a person because my faith very much informs how I see the world. Yeah. Right now, I'm working on having that better lens with my family. Mm. Um, I have my 20-year-old daughter getting ready to move in, in, a, in tomorrow, and mm-hmm. <laughs> she's coming back home so she can go back to school. Mm-hmm. And so for me right now, reflecting that life that I want mm-hmm. is reflecting to my daughter how proud I am of her awesome. and how much she's working towards her goals and mm. her dreams right now and how I can support her and be there for her. Mm. Um, I have my son as a senior in high school. How can I support him? My daughter is getting ready to go into second grade. How can I support her? Mm-hmm. You know, for all of my kids, that's the goal. Um, but then internally too, am I taking the time every day to sit in the presence of God? Mm. Because I can't do anything until I've done that. Yeah. And whenever things, whenever I feel my own self caught in the blackberry bushes, and yeah. <laughs> crazy, yeah. where do I go? Yeah. Do I go and try to figure it out with all the tools and tips and, you know, read another mm-hmm. um, thing about how to logically handle it? Mm-hmm. Or, I do go, or do I go back to the feet of my Savior and sit mm-hmm. at the piano and just worship for a minute? Yeah. And so that for me is, is how I'm showing up differently. Yeah. Because if I don't do those things, then I can't carry through my business what he's called me to do. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And you were talking about your different children. I was thinking about love languages. Oh, yes. And imagining the unique <laughs> personalities they each have and how do you affirm each one of them and how do you show up as a mom to each one of them in a unique way that makes them feel special. It's fun. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. definitely fun. It's yeah. challenging, but it's so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, the second question I always ask is then, you know, based on everything you know in life and that you've learned to this point in your life uh, and who you are as Keisha Starr and a coach and a mom and a wife, you know, if there's one piece of advice that you'd give it to anyone you might encounter, it's like what would you encourage them to consider thinking about in order to reflect the kind of life they want to have? I think we've touched on it a few times, mm-hmm. um, but it's a very real step, and it's the first step you have to take, mm-hmm. and that is what do I need to do, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. not someone else, not what is you know so and so going to do, or they said this, or you know they did that, mm-hmm. but what am I going to do differently? And even if it's one thing, that's mm-hmm. the other thing that a lot of people get stuck on. And this is probably a big part of my coaching mm-hmm. is we'll sit down and they'll say, oh, I want to have all these things happen in the next, you know, however long, which they don't realize it's actually possible. Yes. But it's a process. Right. And you can't do all 15 at once. Right. You have to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You have to start. There's a... Um, a value growth system that we use. Mm-hmm. And the first step of that is vision, knowing where I want to go. Right. And can you clearly define that? Yes. And so that would be the thing is, how am I taking ownership of where I want to go? And mm-hmm. what do I need to do? And if if writing down your vision or figuring out exactly where you're going is the first step, then do that. Yes. But whatever it is, take that step. Yes. Or just get off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talk about it in the women's school and the man's school in terms of crystallizing your dreams. Yes. So give yourself permission to dream. Write out that really big, audacious, impossible dream. Yeah. And then start translating that into some specific goals and then some actions that you can actually step into that and then help 
develop the mindset and the skill set to actually achieve it, which I'm imagining you're helping your clients with developing those mindsets and skill sets to achieve their dreams. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. Yes, <laughs> it is. So you've got a book project we haven't really talked about, but oh, if yeah. people want to learn more about Keisha Star, mm-hmm. um, K Star Coaching, or mm-hmm. your forthcoming book, or just want to connect with you one on one, what's the best way to get in touch with you? So the best way is just to go to kstarcoaching.com. Mm-hmm. So it's kstar with two R's, coaching.com. Okay. Excellent. And uh, they can connect with me there. There's a link that you can, or a, excuse me, a way that you can get connected and yeah. email me. Um, so that's the best way. Of course, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, and you can always call straight to the office. Yeah. Um, all the information, again, is on the website. But uh, And mainly just let's sit down and have coffee. Yeah. That's a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been an absolute delight to have you you as a guest here on Reflect the Life You Want. And I wish you much success with your upcoming um, workshop you're going to be doing with employers and employees. But just success in life to you, you you and Alan and the kids. And just uh, it's just been a blessing to have you here today on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to be here. All right. So go out and live a life of greatness and make a massive contribution to the world. Sounds like a plan. Amen.